Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz bringing it to you. JT Poston is your champion at the John Deere Classic on wire to wire to pick up his second PGA Tour win. This Mansley's has been on an absolute heater. The year got off to a very slow start, but boy, has he turned it around. In his last four made cuts, that's four top tens, including a runner-up and now a win at the John Deere Classic. I would say he definitely has found something in the last few months. Uh, I think that's safe to say. And uh, first of all, happy birthday to America, the greatest dadgum country on the planet. Fourth of July just happened, so shout out to everyone. Hope you had a good time. And then, yeah, getting to James Tyree Poston. I mean, this is a guy. He's been going through some swing changes. He started off the year brutal, you know, by any stretch, you know, anybody's perspective. Six missed cuts to start the year consecutively. Missed eight of his first 11. Been going through some swing changes, and all of a sudden, Things starting to click. Runner-up last week at the Travelers shows some signs of life. Open with a 62 up there. Then Dan, if he doesn't do it again, opens with a 62 at the John Deere. Leads that thing wire to wire, which ain't easy. And all of a sudden, dude, he's 22nd in the FedEx Cup. He's, you know, an outside shot to make the President's Cup, depending on how things shake out the rest of the year. But we just talked to him on radio. He's like, for the first time, I feel like I can aim at flags and hit it where I'm looking. You know, he said he was fighting a two-way miss, and that's a hard way to play golf. And it's kind of like these swing changes have finally sunk in and, and Colt, you know, it's hard to do on this, on the tour nowadays with the way the schedule is. If you got something you want to change, you got to do it on the fly. You don't get to take two months off and off season and work on it and then bring it back gradually. You just got to try to figure it out while you're out there. And uh, he's done it now and he's playing some damn good golf. Chalk one up for the good guys, by the way. And chalk one up for us. Once again, I mean, Aaron Flaner, golf subpar guest. This counts. Just another win, another trophy. That counts. And we had him pegged. He was my long shot last week as well. So some people getting paid on that. Thanks for the tweets. So um, the ship's been righted here as we head into Open Championship and the FedEx Cup playoffs. Both of our bets, favorite bets of the week hit, which is always good news. Finally. Which, which we'll get into a little later with FanDuel. But please, it wasn't the only golf tournament going on in the world. You know, mm -hmm. like the state of the field at John Deere, going up against the Live Golf event out in Portland where they had – if they want to call it a stronger field, which is fine, they can do it. But I don't really care about what happened in the golf tournament. I want to talk about what happened in an interview after the team part of the tournament was was crowned. I thought you were going to say the Whitefish Invitational, dude. That was a massive event. The Whitefish Invitational <laughs> was massive, but didn't quite get the coverage that Live Golf got. But I think one of the things that we'll take away from this event, Brandon Grace was your champion. But there is also the team aspect of the game where four guys are paired together, take two scores a day. At the end of it, the winners win a shitload of money. And this week it was the four aces, which consists of Justin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Pat Perez, and Taylor Gooch. First off, the team's loaded. Which, by the way, that the teams are bullshit because that team's going to either win or get second in every other event. There's only one other team that compete with them. So these two teams are just going to continue just making – tons and tons of money every week regardless there's a few teams out there i'm like i can't tell you one thing about any of these guys and then you got the other ones that are just stacked so they're going to keep printing pat perez shoots 80 in the final round finishes 29th but he's on the winning team pockets nine hundred thousand dollars solid okay that's cool uh, what we get to is they had all four of them on the green being interviewed talking about how exciting the event was what it felt like to be team champions and they passed the question over to Taylor Gooch, who went with, I have never played a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup, but I can't imagine it can be any different than this. This is absolutely amazing. 
the crowds were so special. I I don't even know like how to react to this. Like, are you kidding me? You are literally comparing this team event that probably had about three thousand people out there following, which the team event no one really cares about, and you're going to try to compare it to a Ryder Cup where you're playing for your country in one of the most historical golf events in the world. Like, what what is happening? Yeah, that was maybe one of those right when it came out. Like, oh, what did I just say? I'm trying to make this tournament sound great, trying to say all the right things, but maybe that was even DJ who basically doesn't react to anything, kind of had to turn away and like smile for a minute. But Colt, you and I went to our first, both of our first Ryder Cups this past fall, dude. I was down there on the ground, on the tee for the first tee shot of the week. The crowd was singing the national anthem. I was like, uh, I cheered up. That's how, like, I was getting goosebumps. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I've been waiting my whole life to go to one of those that lived up to the hype. It was spectacular. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm weak, I'm soft, whatever you want to call it. But like, I was tearing, I was like, this is cool. This is a different vibe from any golf tournament I've ever seen before. And you could just tell how much it meant. So I'll say it on the other side. I've never been to a live golf tournament before. And I'm sure they're doing great. I'm, I, I play Switzerland during this thing. I can kind of see both sides of this thing. I'm not going to hate just for the sake of hating. But it wasn't what we saw at Whistling Straits. I can promise you that. No, it was not. It was just – and this comes on the heels of when Commissioner Jay Monahan announced the increase in all the purses coming, coming to the near future for the PGA Tour. Taylor Gooch tweeted, you're welcome. Yeah. Like, he's the reason this is happening. Like, come on, man. And I like Taylor Gooch, man. I think he's a really good player. He's a super nice guy. I played in his foundation event after the PGA Championship. But, dude, this one, I think this is when you're like, God, damn it, I wish I had that one back. Yeah, that's one of the I, – I honestly, right when it came out, he's like, maybe too much there, maybe going to get dragged. You can't say anything dumb these days or Twitter's going to find you and they're going to air it out for you. And that was one of those where I think as soon as the words came out of his mouth, he was like, eh, maybe shouldn't have brought Ryder Cup or President's Cup into it because those are one of one. The Ryder Cup is one of one, period. Kyle Porter from CBS Sports had a fantastic tweet after all this. He said, live golf, you know, three-day exhibition for all the money that means nothing. Ryder Cup, three-day exhibition for no money that means everything. Yeah. I thought that was that. Yeah, that's pretty well said. I, I've kind of remained neutral on this. I don't really blame any of these guys. You know, I'm not ever going to tell a guy how much money he should make or what he should and shouldn't do. Personally, the people that I saw on Twitter who are somewhat objective, I would call it, aren't going to just drag it no matter what or aren't going to prop it up no matter what. Said this week was pretty good. Like, the fans were pretty good. It was more than I expected. The golf was better. You know, you, you have some names in there that you're starting to recognize. But in terms of the atmosphere there, um, it, it ain't a it ain't a Ryder Cup. But – you know, we'll continue to see how this thing goes. I expect more names to trickle down. Paul Casey just committed, so he's going to be a part of this thing going forward. And uh, and we'll see how it goes. And, yeah, a pretty damn good week for Pat Perez, all things considered. Should close with a little 80-burger and make almost a million. Man. Not too shabby. Not terrible week to fire an 80-piece. No. I've never made 900 grand and shot 80. I can promise shot you. Shot some 80s in my days. Lost some shop credit this weekend with my final round 76. They weren't dumping me 900K. I was ready to, I was ready to clean that pro shop out. Didn't happen, dude. Got ahead of myself. That's all right. Keep your chin up. You'll bounce back. I know like you always do. I'm a ball player. With the win for at the John Deere Classic for JT Post, and it got him a spot in the 150th Open Championship over at St. Andrews, which is next week. And thank you, Scotland, for the great game of golf. You really did us a solid there. And thank you, Scotland, for the great gift of Scotch whiskey, especially the Dewar's 2022 19-year-old Champions Edition. Crafted in partnership with the USGA, the 2022 19-year Champions Edition is double-aged and then finished in new American oak and first-fill rye cast to be as complex 
and rewarding as the game of golf itself. The flavor profile is rich with notes of butterscotch, heather honey, and cinnamon. You've got to try it to believe it. The 2022 19-year-old Champions Edition is a limited edition and going fast. So if you see a bottle on the shelf, grab it. Then enjoy it as you raise a glass to the sport we love so much. From Dewar's, the most awarded blend Scotch whiskey in history. It's now time for the Dewar's Cheers moment of the week, please. And I'm going to give a big cheers to my girl, Amanda Renner, over my, my teammate over at CBS. You know, I've done a lot of risky things in my life, and I think I did the riskiest thing I've ever done, ever. Happened on Sunday. We finish up the John Deere Classic. I got to get down to Chicago. She happens to be going to Chicago, too. I don't like dealing with the rental car thing. So I put my life in the hands of Amanda Renner. She drove me two hours, a little over two, two hours down here to our boy Tommy Kane's house. And I have to cheers her because she did a fantastic job. I was a little nervous. We started off with a little bit of a bump because she left me at the golf course. <laughs> totally forgot that I was riding with her somehow, considering all my luggage was in her car. Just left me. But she made, that hurts a little bit, hurts the pride a little. It does, but she made up for it. She got me here safe and sound, and I got to thank her for that. Great driving, Amanda. And now we're heading over to Scotland later on this evening. I'm very what's, excited. What's the Amanda Renner playlist? Did you guys get deep in combo and peel back the layers, or did you just put it on some sort of playlist? What's Amanda's playlist look like? That's actually a great question that you ask, because when we first get in the car, she's like, how are you feeling about the new Beyonce album? I'm like, well. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Uh, uh, this is about to be the first time I've ever heard it. So a couple of those happened. There was a few house, uh, you know, EDM house music stuff that Chris Goddard would love. By the way, congratulations, Chris Goddard, our guest this week, and also a great playing at the John Deere Classic. But the, we'd finally settled on Common Ground because we both like country music. So we jammed a country about the last hour and a half. Okay, that's fair. Amanda strikes me as a person also that gets driven more than she is actually the driver. So she could have been a little rusty behind that wheel. Glad you made it out of there safe. Now you got to navigate Chicago and get out of there safe, which is a whole different ballgame. I'm going to go to my cheers moment of the week. First of all, shout out to Whitefish Lake Golf Club. Played a little event up there, went up to Whitefish, Montana this weekend. Colt had an incredible time. Didn't really know what to expect. Never played it before, but they show out. They do a great job up there. I came down to a final round battle. I had a two-shot lead over my man, my four, my four ball partner, Drew Kittleson. I ended up tanking. He ended up playing pretty decent. Some other guys played well um, in there too. So Kitty, shout out to him for winning. But on day two, Colt, we're playing in the same group. They have a very nice pairing system there at Whitefish. It's called basically pick your own group. Love that. Lo love that situation. We're on the 14th hole. Kitty makes an ace, 205, six iron, one hop, bam, straight in the hole. As fate would have it, the drink cart girl's right there. We go over it. We celebrate as you should. We continue that celebration the remainder of the round. Going to the clubhouse. Well, people hear that you make a hole in one and all of a sudden everybody wants drinks, right? That's the deal. And it's been a while since I've been around it. And I guess we've done it at other places where, you know, it's not as bad. But the fact that the dude who makes the ace is the one that has to buy. It's like you do something. A lot of golfers go through their whole life and don't have any or maybe they have one. And then you get hit with a tab at the end of the day. That feels wrong. That feels like it should be reversed. It's like you make the ace. Everyone else should be buying you the drinks. You shouldn't have to come out of pocket four or 500 bucks because you did something really sweet, in my opinion. I think we got it all backwards. I agree. And I learned from Ricky Gervais's latest comedy special the that, best. you know, he's very, very active on Twitter. And a lot of his Twitter is he starts petitions. And if you get 100,000 signatures on that petition, it can be taken to the Supreme Court. So I think you should start a petition 
to get this all in one thing reversed. We'll get it to Supreme Court. They don't have much going on. There's nothing happening with the Supreme Court right now. They've been silent for forever. This will definitely make it to the top of the docket. Look out for my Twitter. I'm going to need that Siggy. No longer should the maker of the hole in one have to be stuck with the bill. It's anti-American. Congrats, Kitty, on the hole in one and the win. Sorry you didn't get it done the last day, Sleeves, but you're going to bounce back. And you're also Lake Tahoe. I'm going to be over in Scotland. We're going to be very far apart. You'll be Lake Tahoe at the celebrity event. You're going to be doing some caddying mm-hmm. with Alex Caruso of the Chicago Bulls. You're also emceeing a long drive event brought to you by our good friends at Corbell. Corbell, the best. Yes, looking forward to looping for the bald mamba. Also, this uh, celebrity long drive should be a treat. Shout out our producer, Mark Hannon, who almost died last year at the hands of Justin Tuck. So we're going to see if he can if he can crawl back from that four-yard drive that the big fella hit last year, but it is brought to you by Corbell. And whether sipping mimosas on the back nine with your favorite foursome or popping a bottle during the final round of a major, Corbell has been there for America's love of golf since 1882. Corbell California Champagne is a proud sponsor of the American Century Championship. Corbell, make it gold. Please enjoy responsibly, of course. 2022 F. Corbell and Brothers, Sonoma County, California, producers of fine California method Champonese champagnes, for 140 years, Corbell is a registered trademark, all rights reserved. Shout out, Corbell. We're going to be popping bottles, watching celebs hit bombs. Going to miss you. You're going to be over there in Scotland having a couple pints yourself. But uh, you will be missed. But I'm going to try to hold it down, bud. Well, have a blast. I'm very jealous because that's when I want to go to that event so bad. I know It is a time. Let's get to our interview this week. This is a fun one. And we have a rising star on our hands, please. This guy was a stud at Rutgers in Oklahoma, basically won every award in college golf, and now he's making his name known out in the professional ranks. Played the U.S. Open, made the cut, just finished decently well at the Travelers, and then this week at the John Deere Classic, throws a little top five at him. He is a beast, absolutely smashes it. Chris Goddard joins us. All right, we got one of the up-and-coming stars in the world of professional golf in the building. He won pretty much every award you can win in college while at OU. Fred Haskins Award, Jack Nicholas Award, unanimous number one golfer in the country, now professional. Chris Goddard, how we doing, brother? I'm good, I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Great, man. Good Thanks to for be joining with you, us. brother. Congrats on an incredible career between Rutgers and Oklahoma. I want to let's go to that decision real quick because you started off at Rutgers, was very very successful, obviously, Pac-10 Player of the Year and everything. And then you transferred before your final year. What what brought that about? Yeah, with the COVID year, our season got cut short, and uh, they gave us another year of eligibility. And you know, I, I was going to finish out my four years regardless, and you know, wasn't planning on having that fifth year. And then once I got it. Um, you know, I wanted to go challenge myself elsewhere and, uh, you know, it worked out really nicely. Had you ever been to Norman prior to committing? <laughs> that wasn't a knock on Norman, by the way. I will take shots at Norman, but that actually wasn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hadn't been to Oklahoma. There, there was no reason for me to go out there beforehand. So uh, that was my first time. What did you think when you landed there? It was slightly different than New Jersey. Yeah, it's, uh, it's my, my lifestyle pace changed by about uh 100 miles an hour i went from 100 to about zero did you embrace the whole culture like did you immediately hate texas and oklahoma state and all that um not right away but you know as i've heard like stories and stuff and then as we kind of got about like you know we went to the red river game the football game that year 
and uh and just you know playing against oklahoma state a bunch it it, it developed into into myself how cool was that red river rivalry i mean that thing that was amazing. the cr- craziest game i've ever been to in my life and we were down i think we were down like 20 something at at half and ended up winning it was it was mayhem that was wild. A lot like those Rutgers games you used to go to, huh? <laughs> Similar vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, it felt the exact same. Yeah, real similar. Give me the one thing you liked most about Norman that you didn't have in Jersey and the one thing you missed about Jersey the most you didn't have in Norman. Um, well, the thing I missed, uh, pizza. The pizza sucked at school. It was so bad. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the one thing – the one thing that we didn't have in Jersey that we had in Norman was the wind. Uh, we got plenty of wind down there, and we didn't get that in Jersey at all. And it definitely made me better, for sure. It like, can pump around there. Y'all's golf course is Jimmy Austin, correct? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy yeah, Austin. It can pump around there. Jimmy. Did, did uh, the somewhat mythical creature, who we're not, not sure if he's dead, alive, or what he's doing anymore, Anthony Kim, ever grace you with his presence? Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, he, he's mythical to me, too. Uh, you know, Coach always talked about it. He would come up, like, randomly only when Coach was there. He would come up, like, once a year when Coach was there, and they would hang out. But other than that, you never you never saw him. You just heard of him. What kind of stories does Coach tell about AK? Yeah. Give us everything. Uh, there's some good ones. There's some good ones. I don't know um, how much I can share, but he told us a couple. Um, he just – you know, he's I, I probably can't say too much about it. OK, but, how about um, this? What did he say about his talent? Oh, <laughs> uh, he said he's I mean, he said even still to this day when he comes up and hits balls, he's like he it's it's almost like sad because he's still so good um, mm-hmm. that he like no one is able to see it. Uh, but he said he's I mean, he was a freak of nature. He was so good. To this day, the most talented guy I've ever played with in terms of like looking at a guy and thinking I have zero percent chance of beating you. He, he was you were correct. He was a monster. And guess what? I never did. <laughs> you were correct. <laughs> I was right. I was spot on with that analysis. I got to imagine going to Norman, though, the lady folk situation might be slight upgrade from Jersey. No, few, maybe fewer snookies running around, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's definitely diff- definitely different. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of blonde hair at in New Jersey, but uh and everyone was probably dressed a little nicer down at school. So it was definitely a change of uh, scenery for sure. Were you got? you mentioned you went to the Texas OU game, but if y'all were in town, were, were you at the game every Saturday? Oh yeah. We, uh, we actually got, we probably went to like five. We, our schedule like perfectly worked out to where we all almost got every home game. So coach would let us go and we'd have Saturdays off. So that was, that was nice of him to do that. Cause you know, those games are just so, so awesome to be be at and uh you know everything's sold out it's it's the town shuts down for 24 hours yeah that's part of the that's the cool part about going to a school like that is like that's one of the experiences you want to walk out of there with but when you went to rutgers out of high school like that's not a golf powerhouse by any means were you not getting looks from some of the big schools or did you just want to stay home um i i had an offer from them in loyola maryland those are my only two i had so for me, it was an easy decision, you know, Big Ten and uh, and definitely bigger school, probably a little bit of a better school, too. So it was easy with what I had. Um, there was no doubt that I was going to go there. You know, in, in talking to one of your assistant coaches, uh, Bill Alcorn, he was talking to me a little bit about your game, says if you want, you can get it up to around 200 mile an hour ball speed. True. Yeah, I've hit 200. 
That's ridiculous. And he said, it's also, it's good. Good you've job. cracked a two iron. I've heard of cracking drivers. You crack a two iron? I just cracked one last week at the open, actually. So I had Taylor made, had to build me a new one. Um, yeah, the, the, like the way they, the one I use, they've got that, like, I don't know what it is, like the speed foam or whatever. And mm-hmm. the face just, I hit it so much that the face just kind of curves a little bit on me. So when it starts getting really squirrely, I know it's it's probably not me. So if they start going left, it probably caves it in. How, no, how, far it, is, how far is a two iron carry for you? Uh, like 265, That's probably. Yeah, dude. I mean, how far do you carry your two iron? Wait, uh, you I think you could cave in the face of a five hybrid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Come out here and try have you, one of those. Have you always, since junior golf and everything, just smashed it? Yeah, I used to have a crazy long swing, like little John Daly-esque. Like, it would go down to my, like, hip on the other side. Um, so, I've kind of always had speed. And I played the cross for a while. So, that was kind of where I think my speed came from, just kind of quick rips. Uh, and I think that's kind of translated into golf. And, um, yeah, I think I've always had speed. But then once I started hitting the gym, uh, it got a little faster for sure. When you first came to OU from Rutgers, like you were already a monster up there. You were Big Ten Player of the Year. I think you were third team All American. But like the the caliber of players you're playing against, probably not the same schedule you were playing at OU. Did you have any doubt whatsoever that it was going to translate to maybe you know that same scores, the same results against the top talent in the U.S.? Um, I I didn't really have a doubt that like it was going to translate, but I didn't. I certainly didn't think it was going to you know amount to what it did this year. Um, yeah, I, I assumed that I would go in, work hard, you know, do what I could and, uh, you know, play well, hopefully. But, um, yeah, it definitely took a couple more steps than I probably would have thought when I showed up there. Yeah, Sleaze so mentioned earlier, I mean, you win the Fred Haskins Award, which is the nation's top golfer, Jack Nicholas Award. You had a great chance to win the individual title at NCAAs. But I want to go back to, I believe, earlier in that week because you did something that I've never heard of. And Sleaze is going to appreciate this because he's played there. The Bad Little Nine out at Scottsdale National. Ooh. Rumor is you shot nine under par on it. There's what? nine holes. You made seven birdies and a hole-in-one. Is this true? <laughs> yeah, it's true. What the hell? Oh, that thing is not easy. <laughs> uh, That's well, a, okay, that might be, be the most remarkable thing I've ever heard. The greens were punched, so it was a little softer. But Okay, uh, but still, yeah. it's ridiculous. I don't give a shit. That's still <laughs> unbelievable. So, Which one did you yeah, ace? Do so you we remember? Had, like, teams... Yeah, it was... Um six i think it was like so i made one and then my teammate made one right on top of me and uh we're playing like we're playing best ball two best ball of guys of three and we were like our team number was stupid we beat everyone by like 12 because we were just burning every hole how much fun is that little par three course to play though oh it's the coolest it's the coolest nine holes ever you could go there i could go around there 20 times and still have fun you should play you should it on, go back Fridays. on a Friday yes. and you can shoot nine over and hit it perfect. <laughs> yeah, I've been on put a Friday. It... I'll definitely have to make that stuff. I played it. I played it on a Friday. I made a birdie, seven pars and a 12. <laughs> I kept going back and Which forth. Like, you, 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 you make a 12 on. It was like, I think it's number six or seven. It's got the, the front part of the green. It's like 65 yards, but the front of the green is like five yards wide. Is that on this little tongue? They put oh, on this yeah, little yeah, peninsula yeah. up there, and I just kept going back and forth. And finally, I'm like, I quit. This is over. Yeah, there's holes where like you can't get out of the hole until you make a 12 footer, and if you miss, it goes down the other and side. And that ninth green's like the size of this table we're we're on yep. right here. It's so much fun. 
I was even through one and plus four through two. I don't care if the greens are plugged. I don't care where the pins are. Nine under through nine. That is some impressive stuff. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, Chris, you're in the first year, you know, your last year at OU was like the first year of like the NIL situation. What did that look like for a guy like you who's one of the top college prospects out there? Was there, is there things to be had for guys like you? Yeah, there's definitely some stuff, but, um, you know, I didn't want to deal with the distractions and whatnot. So the only thing I did was during Puerto Rico, when I played the tour event, I wore a hat, um, for Stiefel. But other than that, um, you know, there's stuff like club companies are doing stuff with guys, but so my bag is like four different companies and it still is at the moment. So, you know, I didn't want to lock myself in with one brand or do something where, you know, it might not, might not stick afterwards. So I kind of held off and just did my, did my own thing. Cause you know, at the end of the day, good golf takes care of itself. So um, I didn't want to, you know, make a switch when things are going really well. Yeah, Smart no move. doubt about it. You finished tied for seventh there in Puerto Rico as an AM. Uh, 40, tied for 43rd last week at the U.S. Open. Let's talk a little bit about the U.S. Open. What was that week like? I mean, the golf course just looked ridiculously hard. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it was a sweet place. You know, everyone asked me, like, what is the course like? And it's not like anything I've ever played before. It's, it's you got blind shots. You got some tree line. You got all these rocks everywhere um it was it was cool and it got really firm and fast on saturday and then it rained sunday night so it kind of took a little bit out of it but um yeah it, it was it was awesome and the crowds were amazing they were roars everywhere if you if anyone did anything you heard it no matter if it was rory or you know some guy you never heard of like myself out there so um yeah it was it was a blast for sure and uh definitely a week i'll remember for a while someone, yeah. someone asked me on twitter they're like would you rather be got her up who finishes tied for 43rd and i think you made like 63 grand or be travis vick and be low am i'm like got her up all you get is a medal for finishing <laughs> low am who cares i mean it's a nice honor but give me that cash yeah yeah i uh i'll take it yeah as you should and you had a moment there on the 36 hole where you were kind of cruising around the cut line i think you needed to make par on 18 if i'm correct to, to play the weekend and then you had a bit of a moment there that had to be pretty memorable memorable for you walk us through that yeah, that was pretty sweet. So, um, you know, I was cruising along in the back. Um, 15 was my arch nemesis all week. I played the whole like five over and I was, the line was three and I was two and I bogeyed that hole from like one thirty out of the fairway. And then, you know, I was playing good and um, I made a nice like 10 footer on 17 for par. So I knew I was, you know, in the mix and 18 was kind of playing tough into the wind. And I piped a drive down there. And then, you know, I kind of knew I was in a good spot after that because I had like a nine iron in. So that green was kind of a catcher's man. And then I got lucky that it went to two inches when I hit it. And the place kind of went crazy. So that was a that was a cool moment for sure. Yeah, that's a nice way to finish. When you get, know you got to make par and you hit it up there a couple inches to just dummy, tap it in and say, see you later. That's nice. Make that first check as a pro. But what's it been like since you turned pro? I know you made your debut at the RBC Canadian Open the week before. Did things feel any different? Um, it's a little different. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not that different. It's just, I'm a little more alone with some stuff. I got to figure some stuff out on my own rather than having coach there and, you know, a little less structure probably. So I'm figuring all that stuff out. And, uh, it's been, it's been crazy. I, I went home for like a day when I had finished school and then went up and qualified for the open. And then I was in Canada. So I haven't really even had time to process it all. I've just been playing and practicing and 
uh, I guess that's been good because I haven't really had time to think about it at all. So, um, yeah, it's been fun, though. It's, uh, it's, it's a little different than college golf, that's for sure. you got to take advantage of a little more birdies because, of course, they're a little harder, but um, it's been fun. You also get to wake up whenever you want. Yeah, you're your own <laughs> boss. Everyone works for you. That's a nice gig, too. Um, you got a couple events under your belt. Like you said, RBC, US Open, you're playing at the Travelers. Who are you been hanging out with? You've been playing practice rounds with guys or any guys that you're enjoying getting to know and spending time with? Yeah, I've been hanging out with uh, some of the OU guys, McGreevy, Abe. And uh, I played a couple practice rounds with some college guys. I played with Hammer yesterday. Um, so there's been guys and, you know, the people uh, – in my agency that I'm working with, I've played with a couple of them and hung out with them. So it's been, it's been fun. So I, uh, yeah, they meet some cool people. You just bounce into people from home that, you know, know who you are and I know who they are. So just kind of shooting the shit in the locker room a little bit. Other than that, it's been, I mean, it's been fun. Who are some of the guys like, obviously, I mean, you're still a kid, but you know, growing up, who are some of the guys that, you know, you watched on TV that you were fans of, but now you're out there competing against these guys. Yeah, I mean, you got guys like Rory, um, who you grow up watching. And, um, you know, I, I I honestly probably don't as watch as much golf as I probably should. Um, obviously, I know who all these guys are, but I really don't get too caught up. And, you know, if I meet them and it's cool to say hi to them and whatnot, but I really kind of do a lot of this stuff on my own anyway. So um, I don't really get too caught up in that stuff. But it is cool to be, you know, have lunch next to Rory and that stuff. But uh other than that i'm not too not too worried about it now that you've had a little a little taste of pro golf you're just dipping your toe in the water have you noticed anything in your game like damn i got to get better at this these guys are great here or man this is an area where i'm losing shots anything stand out to you yeah uh, a lot of it's short game stuff for me um you know i i actually hit it really well last week at the open and i think i was like 15th in strokes gained approach and like dfl and putting so um i gotta improve on that for sure because you know especially the courses that are hard like that you don't have many birdie looks so you gotta take advantage of the ones you got so i would say something like that but other than that i just gotta keep i mean you can never be good at everything so um just try to keep improving at certain spots and see where it goes yeah, it seems like your game is built for the modern-day PGA Tour. I mean, just absolutely smashing it. Do you work on anybody with your swing or short game? Yeah, I work with the guy, Jason Birnbaum, in New York. Um, I've been working with him probably for eight years since high school, so um, he knows kind of the ins and outs of my game. And, uh, yeah, I work with him for the most part. We don't really do a whole lot. It's not. It's kind of just, you know, little feels here and there. Not very technical. So if things are, things are good, we leave it alone, and if – if things are a little off, we'll try to get back to where it feels good. Are you a big stats guy? Like track it like a 100 to 125. I mean, you're, you haven't played enough events yet to like look it up online, but do you keep track of all that stuff and like are like diligent with all that? Um, not as much as I probably should be. I, I just play a lot of like track man wedge games um, and see, you know, if I'm hitting good numbers, I'm feeling pretty good. And it usually translates to the course. Other than that, I, I really don't keep track of, I mean, I'll fairways hit and greens hit. I'll deal with that stuff. But um, at the end of the day, you usually walk up, of course, know what you got to work on anyway. So I'm not too, not too big into the stats stuff. You mentioned you got kind of a, a mixed bag. Take us through the bag of what you got in there right now. Um, you got a staff bag. What do you What company are you carrying? What's going on? 
Yeah, so I'm I'm carrying a Nike bag right now because I, I signed with them for apparel, um, and that's that's all I got right now. So I got a TaylorMade driver, Titleist three wood, TaylorMade two iron, Callaway irons, uh, TaylorMade wedges, and Titleist putter. So I'm I'm all over the place. Titleist ball. Yeah, Titleist ball. All right, you got them all covered. Perfect. Got, <laughs> and a lot of Jumpman gear from OU. That's got to be the best brand to have oh, to go to a school when it's Jumpman, when it's Jordan brand. How much cool swag do y'all get on that OU golf team? We we got a lot of cool stuff. Whether it was, and PXG hooked us up too. We had sick bags, um, all the camo bags that we got and stuff like that. But with Nike and Nike and Jordan hook us up at school for sure. We got a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, and you guys Jordan travel brand. nicely too, don't you? Yeah, we get some we get some nice uh, amenities. Team, they don't worry about their ounces in the carry-on. I mean, how about that? In college, you're traveling on private, then you turn pro, and you're like, "Shit, wait, what's the security stuff I gotta go through?" Go back to school. Why don't they just take my shit and load it up? Where's the catering? I know that 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 is the tough part about you know you get I got spoiled for sure, and now I'm now I'm back uh, slumming it a bit. What do you mean I need a travel bag? How many? college programs would you say travel privately as frequently as OU there's a handful but it's not like they're not all doing that right there's more now no I would say a lot of the SEC teams are probably doing it because they all got plans for football and coaches and whatnot and then probably any team that has a big time football team is probably flying private pretty often because they're the ones that are got the cash is that anywhere y'all would go did it matter if you're going to northern California would you still take that or does it have to be somewhat regional it, it's usually when so like if we were flying to East Lake and Atlanta's a huge airport and we would get a direct flight we'd we'd fly direct like through the airport but if it was kind of complicated travel wise we would take uh, a little extra plane. That is nice. A little extra. That's see that's a goal a right there. Plane. Play really good golf and then you get to fly by yourself. It's great. Well yeah and and we won a couple of times so that made it that that made it nice. We 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 earned it to some degree but definitely didn't earn what we got all the time. Yeah, we win when we fly private. We can't break the mojo, dude. I ain't getting yep. on Southwest Sea. I know, yeah, six. It's all you ain't doing this. You got yeah, exactly. Don't break the superstition. Well, obviously Chris a, a popular topic in the game of golf now is the live tour. You're a professional now. Have they approached you at all about possibly playing? I mean, this has got to I feel like the guys coming out of college, they're in an interesting situation because there's so much money out there with this tour. Like there's some guys that could go out there and grab it. Have they, have they talked to you at all? I haven't heard anything, um, you know, through my guy that I work with. Um, so I, I really don't know. He hasn't told me anything. So I'm just kind of worried about my starts that I have right now and playing well. And um, I guess once everything kind of dwindles down we can deal with everything, but I haven't heard anything. And, I, I like I like where I'm at right now, and if I could stay here, that'd be really nice. How many how many starts you plan on getting this summer? You getting the full boat? I have, um, you know, this one, the next one at John Deere, and then I'm working on a couple other ones. But um, yeah, I think I think if I keep playing well, it'll it'll all sort itself out. Yeah, and you said you know you don't watch a lot of golf on TV, but if you could you know pick a PGA Tour event to play in, other than the majors, what would it be? That's a good question. I think, you know, I, I played Riv um, this uh, this winter. That place is amazing. I'd like to play that for sure. Um, Genesis and uh, the Memorial is awesome. 
Um, I'll actually be, I get that one next year because I won the Nicholas Award. So that would be, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, Torrey Pines, I've never been there. Um, there's so many, there's so many good ones. Every, every tour spot for the most part is pretty awesome, of course. So you are going to like the Memorial. It is fantastic and perfect for your game. I you can hit like a lot Torrey. of drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Torrey Pines. Probably a good one for you. It'll be a good one. If you like milkshakes. Good spot as well. 200 balls. <laughs> I've never been afraid of a milkshake. <laughs> Same. You already played Canada. You already played the U.S. Open. Now you're playing Travelers. Like, do you think like the the off factor has worn off? Like, do you feel different when you step on the range at a PGA Tour event? Like, oh, I've done this. And those two, like U.S. Open and, and Canadian, were massive galleries. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely feel different. Uh, Canada was definitely Canada was just a weird week, just because I was fresh out of school and was kind of figuring all my stuff out like off course and and then on course too and um yeah it was definitely nice to get that under the belt before the u.s open because the u.s open was pretty crazy with all the there's so many people out there um and yeah i don't think i think that'll be the most fans i play in front of for a while so uh it'll all get less less uh nerve-wracking than that so um yeah i think i'm in a pretty good spot comfort wise at the moment well, it gets pretty rowdy there at the Travelers. They get some great crowds, and I'll give you some advice. If you happen to be playing good heading into Sunday and you're not playing your best on Sunday, look for a guy about 150 out on the right. He's an asshole, and he will wear you out. He's I've never been heckled worse in my life than by this whoever this guy is. I love Sleaze is guy. trying to find him. I love this guy. I'm trying to track him down, dude. I got like a, I'm trying to locate any, you know, save our ship, whatever. He's trying to do a whole subpar episode with this guy. I'm trying to find this dude. I want to talk to him. I love everything he's about. He's a guy that seems to get it. (laughs) I'll keep Uh, it. I'll keep it noted in the back of my brain. Yeah. The crowds are great up there except for one guy. No, he's a beauty. (laughs) He is an absolute beauty. Should Um, we get to the E9? Yeah, let's get this E9. We do this with everyone. It's just nine quickies to uh, get to know Chris Goddard a little more intimately. All right. We ask this to everyone. You can trade lives with anyone. Be them for a day, dead or alive. Anyone ever in the history of life, who's it going to be? Uh, I think Bieber's got it pretty good. Bieber, Bieber. There's, that's our first Bieber, too. That's a hell of an answer. Right I like right. that. Yeah, that's, he's got it pretty good. You're right. That's a young man answer right there. Oh, that's fantastic. Good one. <laughs> all right, good. You have to get that monkey under control. A little bastard. Um, all right, here we go. Word association right here, Chris. Okay, first word that comes to mind when I say this name. Lincoln Riley. Uh, traitor. Yeah. Traitor, nice. Okay. <laughs> Caleb Williams. Follow-up question. Caleb Williams. Uh, I don't know. It's either there's two. You go follower or you go legend for the that OU run was that the fourth and one run I'll never forget that so it's a it's a double-edged sword there did you get to know him or any of the other football players while y'all were in there you're a big fella you're probably pushing some weight around with the dudes yeah we work out with them actually at the same time so their uh their trainer's a big golf guy and uh he's got some legendary stories so we we talk with them every once in a while and you know couple punishment workouts that some of our guys have done they've all been you know screaming at them so we we mix and match pretty good with a lot of the athletes there so it's it's funny getting to meet those guys it was always good to have a trainer though that liked golf because you could you get a punishment workout like hey bud a couple does here maybe yeah. i don't show up tomorrow you, balls, you, did, you know what i mean <laughs> he's got ou on him these are good <laughs> all right love it all right next one are you big into the techno music 
EDM techno. Who who's your favorite DJ? Oh. Uh Tiesto's my guy. Oh, just saw him last week in Vegas. Did Incredible. You? Or two weeks ago. I don't know. I don't really remember when it was there. I was, apparently I was he's, there. He's, but he was fantastic. Allegedly. Yeah. He's the that's probably a good life too, dude. You show up Vegas. Hey, you want to come for a few nights? Those guys. Million. That's I might take back my answer. Those guys live the life. Flying private they everywhere. Do. Just go perform music in front of everyone. Press play. Pump your fist. Are you like the Pretty Jersey girls? Shore fist pump dudes? Like that show? Were you even old enough to watch no. Jersey Shore? Oh, I, I've seen it. It's it's a pretty legendary show, but uh, I, my some of my friends are like that actually. But um, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have the energy for that. Did you ever say cabs are here at OU? Oh, now it's Uber. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Yeah. Uber's here. Uber's here. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have the uh, huge Northeast accent, so it doesn't work. Yeah, it's not your your Jersey accent's not bad. Not too bad at all. Um, all right, I need to know this because you don't fasten your glove when you play Deion Sanders style out there. Is that just extra swag or what's the reason behind that no i don't like doing it because it like if i flip it over like if i strap strap it on it like feels my hand feels tight in the glove so i feel like i'm kind of restricted movement wise so i just like let it go and i feel like i have more movement i like the dion and it looks sick yeah yeah i think you're the only golfer i know that doesn't doesn't strap the glove i'm gonna yeah i don't know why i'm doing that yeah steal it maybe it'll help (laughs) Yeah, can't yeah. hurt shit all right well sleaze mentioned jersey shore which character of the jersey shore would you say you most closely resemble oh mm. um that's a really tough one because i'm not italian enough <laughs> to resemble any of them but i guess if you had to answer one it'd probably be Vinny, but because he's like the most relaxed out of all of them he was the chillest one all right fair who was yeah. the muscled up thick ronnie one? ronnie yeah the little fire oh yeah <laughs> him and Snooky in the same house and just obnoxious Slees loves Snooky. <laughs> I love Snook dude been searching for that, that bra I'll tell you what, that, that is the most entertaining show of all time it might give us the, a bad rap at New Jersey but it is entertaining it is just amazing how that group of people became rich and famous <laughs> oh yeah dude, what Poly a world D is, is oh, yeah. large now dude God, that was a great show bring that thing back not the best for it the is Jersey back. stereotype they but just, they just brought it back. Oh, it is back. Yeah, Are they all plastic. <laughs> they brought it back. I haven't like seen times. it. <laughs> I just know it's back. They just every just six months it's like tune in and see what they're doing. It's like John Peterson in his retirement. Oh, <laughs> you know, he comes back. They come back all they the time. Can't make yeah. their mind up. Yeah. You know what? I don't want to do it, but I need some money. Um, all right, here we go. Because you got mixed allegiances here. If only one of these schools could never win a football game ever again, who would you pick? Oklahoma State or Ohio State? Uh, Oklahoma State. Oh, so you got the hate in you. You got the sooner. You got the sooner blood. Yeah, and I have I have some family friends that are diehard Ohio State guys. So if I answered Ohio State, they'd probably delete my number. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, you could just say OSU, I guess. Actually, mm-hmm. that would work for both. Yeah. All right. Next yeah. one you mentioned. You you signed with Nike. You're a Nike guy, head to toe. Rumor has it you got you and the Nike Blade collars don't get along too well. So we're going to be seeing you sport <laughs> any of those. No, no, uh, Bill and Hibble, the ones that got me seem to shrink pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not doing that again. By the no end of blade the year, collars. I, by the end of the year, I was squeezing into a small and I, I do not wear a small. That's fantastic. Those things are just a little too snug. You had to pull the veto card on the squad. <laughs> I don't care who likes yeah, these or I, ain't wearing them. 
Yeah, it would have been it would not have been safe for work on the TV if uh, they were showing showing me wearing that thing. All right, we got to cut away, but Chris Goddard up just made a birdie. We just can't show him. <laughs> yeah, you shot too much skin. We got a nip slip on the ninth green. We got to go back up. All right, here we go. I know you, you changed the culture. I talked to your coach, Ryan Hibble. You changed the culture there a bit at OU. Do you think now that you're gone that he's going to continue to play Angelo the Kid in the van? <laughs> they better. Give us a good mo this year. So if not, if not, he's, I don't know what he's going to play. He said he never thought, what is that? What do you call that? House music? Yeah, yeah. He said, I never thought in my world I'd ever be driving a van around with house music. But he's like, by God, by the end of the year, I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah, I think at the beginning he was like, what the hell is this shit? But by the end, he was throwing fist pumps in there and he was getting into it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, he's got a little situation in him. All right, last one for me here. <laughs> You know, the Sooners, you mentioned you went to the Red River rivalry. You hate the Longhorns. So with that being said, would you rather wear burnt orange every day for a year or eat Arby's for lunch for an entire year? <laughs> um, gosh. I heard you are not I a fan of Arby's. I think I'm going burnt orange. Really? So what's the deal with Arby's? Yeah, why the Arby's hate, dude? Get a little turnover? It looks, it looks terrible. I heard you've never had it, but you just you, you it looks, won't try it. It looks terrible. <laughs> it just looks so bad. I, I don't know. Like, I think if I ate that for a year, I'd also be 500 pounds and would not be in good shape. I think I'd have I think I'd have a year left in me if I ate that for a year. All right. Well, burn orange it is. Nike, send him nothing but burn orange the rest of this season. <laughs> just not the blade. Just not the blade. Not the blade. Yeah. yeah. Well, Chris, that we appreciate you. Talk about you. a bad combo. That's yeah. great. All right. No Arby's, no Blade. We're good for Chris Goddard. Man, best of luck this yeah. week and in the future, man. We really appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. All right. Well, that was Chris Goddard joining us on Golf Sub Bar. So, ladies, this man is a beast. I got the opportunity to follow his group on Saturday at John Deere before he finally finished top five. This boy can move it. Dude, he sins. I, I watched him a good bit up there in Boston at the U.S. Open. Cruises around like close to 190 ball speed, won everything, like we said, in college. He ain't afraid of anything. He's got two top tens now, two top tens now on the PGA Tour, one as an amateur and then one this past week, got the John Deere. Dude, he's the second betting favorite at the Barbasol this week. I fully expect him to be there. I would not be the least bit surprised if he won this thing and changed the path of his career, but he's going to be the guy that you're going to hear from for a long time. Like you said, he's got a little juice to him too. He has that glove unstrapped. I haven't really seen that before. Uh, and he was just everything I talked to Coach Hibble about said he was like the best teammate you could have ever had. Came in there for one year at Oklahoma from Rutgers, adapted quickly. And it's easy to be a good teammate, I guess, when your score counts every single round that you play the entire year and you win pretty much everything there is to win. So, yeah, it's a pretty good teammate. Yeah, nine under on the bad little nine out of Scottsdale National. That's a that joke. Is, I mean, the dude's cracked two irons, can get 200 ball speed. He is going to be a factor on the PGA Tour, and I'm looking forward to it. But now it's time to step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet the Tour with a no-sweat first bet. If you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back in free bets. You can do head-to-head matchups, top 10, top 20s. By the way, our bet, favorite bets of the week uh, both both hit last week. Congratulations on your first win since we started doing this. I'm back, baby. You have was your JT post in the top 20? Or top 20, dude. I whiffed on I could have made a grizz. I had to get one to the house, though, dude. He's the first guy that could bring it home. Well, be on the lookout for great promotions. You get paid fast when you do win. 
and see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code SUBPAR to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Make sure you use code SUBPAR. All right, we're going to make some picks for the Scottish Open. Loaded field. Loaded field. Only one player not in the top 10 playing this week, and that is Roy McIlroy. This one's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm heading over there to cover it for Golf Channel and CBS. And listen, we haven't seen him since the U.S. Open, Matt Fitzpatrick, but I know this man is back to work, working hard, trying to get more speed, trying to sharpen up his tools even sharper. He lost in a playoff here last year at the Renaissance Club for the Scottish Open. He's going off at 18-1. to 1. I'm going with him. All right, ride the hot hand. I did see a little Twitter video of his. I don't know if you saw this, of him hitting balls in the net, working on his speed. He had no clothes on. So I, I appreciate that flex. And Colt, being that you're in your new quest for chasing distance, that you're going to go through and document the whole thing, I highly recommend. Shirtless is the only way to get it done, obviously. So put that, put that in your back pocket, and we look forward to seeing that on the dock. I respectfully disagree. Respectfully decline. Yes. It's not for everyone, but the man decided I need to go closeless to show uh, show off the speed. I respect it. All right, I'm going to go with another dude running fairly hot here. Will Zalatoris going off at 28 to 1, near misses in the last two major championships. Putter's been very good, in my opinion. He's got an opportunity to putt from pretty much wherever he wants, I think, over there. But I don't care what the putter's doing. The guy strikes it so damn well. I expect him to be a factor in pretty much everything going forward. So I'm going to go Willie Z, 28 to 1, try to stay hot here. All right, for my dark horse, listen, it's the Scottish Open. I'm going to go with the Scott. I know this tournament means a lot to this guy. He hasn't been playing his best this year, but he did finish tied for 13th last week at the Irish Open. He's going off at 60-1. to 1. I've heard nothing but great things about this guy's golf game. I'm going Robert McIntyre, 60-1. to 1. Bobby Mack, yeah, going to be a staple on that European Ryder Cup team for a while. And I like that. You're Scottish Open, you're taking a Scott. Since we're picking dark horses – I'm going to go with the darkest dude in the world, Tyrrell Hatton, 45 to 1, okay? He hates all the golf courses over here in the States. All the designs suck. The green suck. Augusta sucks. Everywhere sucks. Well, now you're back home. You're back in Europe. You're on friendly terrain. You're 45 to 1. He strikes it. Like I said, dark horse. Got to go with the darkest dude I can find, and I'd love for him to play his way into the hunt just so we can get him mic'd up and see what he does. I, can't, I would love that because I'll, I'll most likely be with this group and I get to watch the show up close and personal. That's the midnight horse right there, midnight black. All right, well, make sure you go to FanDuel and use the promo code SUBPAR. Must be 21 years and older and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, New Jersey, New York, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issues is not a trouble. Free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, New Jersey, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit CCPG. Dot org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369 in New York, or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf So Far.